Greetings, citizens of Earth. You are barking a happy tune with my pal Smurf of Smurf and the Magic Tones on 5280 Geek. From the Figure Studios, it is Weekend Geek Update. Smurf here, and and just Smurf. That's that that's really it. Vadim on the other side of the camera. Uh, Susie is uh, busy working diligently to get product put together for Colorado Festival of Horror, which we will get to momentarily because we have all of these people coming and more this week. You want to see what Smurf looks like freaked out? Well, you're probably going to see it this weekend. Because <laughs> it is nuts. But before we get to that, and before we get to everything else that's going on in the world of nerd, I will give you my breakdown and my take on a couple of different things. I'm really I'm really of two minds right now when it comes to the uh, Game of Thrones and the Lord of Rings. So we'll do a little toss-up between which one right now I think is uh, versus who's better. And, of course, you know, Vadim is allowed to, to speak. He doesn't want to right now because he is the silent monk master of the camera right now. Aren't you? I can speak. <laughs> but first, let's get to our sponsors before Vadim entrances us with another great Russian folk song. Because he was singing earlier. It was, it was great. It was operatic. Brought a tear to my eye. Exactly, just like that. Uh, sponsored by Suzy Q's, who will be at the Colorado Festival of Horror, makes some impressive chainmail jewelry. She has a booth. We will be doing New York together uh, the first weekend in October. So if you're in the area for New York Comic Con, come by, say hi. Also, Mr. Matt Campbell, the mind brain trust behind Mythica, go to actionlinestudios.com and you get a 15% discount by entering in 5280 Geek. He's Scottish, he wears a kilt, and he kills vampires. What, and, and, and there's booze and boobs. How much more can you ask for except for it, like, jump off the page, or uh, you pay an extra $20 and Mr. Matt Campbell will come to your house and read it to you. No, that's not true. <laughs> Matt's going to be so pissed. <laughs> He's going to get all these emails. When are you coming by to read me my story? <laughs> Matt's just probably sitting there shaking his head. God damn it, Smurf. So we just got back from NDK this last weekend. Um, different. No, it's okay. I've come to the decision that I like Dragon Con way better. That is my decision. NDK was all right. There was just... Uh, eh, eh, eh. I hate having to park at um, the hotel there because you have to like walk a mile. Paying for parking is just stupid to me because parking should be a privilege not a right or right not a privilege there we go should be a right not a privilege damn it (sighs) noise the hell out of me i hate having to pay for parking so i don't i just park on the grass just walk in say i'm a dignitary um but the big the big thing this weekend we have the colorado festival of horror starting thursday we will be at the uh, the c film center on colfax premiering Lloyd Kaufman's latest Endeavor film stravaganza. The creator of the Toxic Avenger is releasing Shakespeare Shitstorm. That's right. 
right here. Visuals today, folks. This gentleman right here, if you don't know who the Toxic Avenger is, catch up. The Shakespeare Shitstorm film, uh, there will be a cocktail hour starting at 5 o'clock. We will have Dragon Moon, uh, or excuse me, <laughs> Golden Moon there doing the uh, release. Well, not a release, but they will have their bourbon in addition to Dragon Meadery. We'll be there with the Colorado uh, Festival of Horror Cab, which is delicious. Yeah, empty bottle. That's right. We start early here. They will be there. We are excited to have them. Um, the wine is delicious. I've already polished off three bottles on my own. That case is not going to last me very long, guys. Uh, we will have it at the premiere for the film on Thursday night. The film starts at 7. Cocktail hour is at 5. Then comes Friday. The dealer's room will be open. At, early access is at 4, but we will have... Our beer from the beer launch party that was a couple Saturdays ago serving at 2 o'clock. So Outworld Brewery came up with a great, great, delicious. Well, it's kind of hoppy, but it's still good. I'm not, I'm not a big hoppy guy, but uh, it's very smooth. No bad aftertaste. It's called Boozo, and it is scrumptious. So we don't have any of the Elixir Immortus, but we have plenty of Boozo. So come down, have some. Even just hang out. You don't you don't have to buy a ticket to try the beer. Just just buy it. It's all yours. Uh, then commence La Festival as Friday night, Saturday, and Sunday are nothing but panels, dealers' room, movies. We have Sarah French. She will be premiering uh, the new Pretty Boy film on Friday night, which we're excited to have her on. So Thursday, we'll have Monique Dupree on the podcast, Sarah French, Lloyd Kaufman, uh, David, David Howard Thornton. I'm very excited to speak to legend Lynn Lowry, so we will have a lot of interviews coming up. The Dean, of course, will be working his magic, running around, taking photos. Check out Colorado Festival of Horrors Twitter because, or not Twitter, Twitter, Jesus. Who uses, does anyone use Twitter anymore, Vadim? I think so. Okay, just making sure. I don't, I don't yeah. <laughs> Instagram. Go check out Colorado Festival of Horror Instagram. One of the interns will be running around posting up pictures, because Vadim can't do it all. He's magic, but, you know, even he has his limitations. So, go to our Facebook page, check out the Instagram. We will be hard at work entertaining you guys, letting you know what's going on for the Horror Fest. Um, so there, there's all that. I have to say, now you and I were talking about this off camera. Sandman, you liked it. I did. And I what, because you have, did you ever read the book? Any of the comics? Uh, I have, but not in its entirety. So I'm like halfway through the series. Okay, so do you think they adapted it well based on what you saw? Well, and I think the changes were were good. I think the changes that they did made sense. I agree. But there are there are things that, you know, the nerds are still kind of angsty about. And I talked about it last week when I finally came back. And I wish Susie was here, but again, she's busy working, getting ready for the con this weekend. But I think everything that they did made sense. It didn't ruin the story. If anything, it enhanced it and kind of brought it up to date. I mean, there's some, I mean, this, the story was written back in the nineties, man. I mean, a lot has gone on since then. So for them to take particular care and to take certain things into consideration, 
um, I think is 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 great. So that said, Sandman's future, albeit should be secured, however, is not. Friday was, I think, the last day that Netflix was reviewing numbers. Now it now they don't care, so it's it's cut off. We don't know if we're going to get a season two. When I when we spoke to Neil, he was very convinced that there will be a season two. But he was worried about how he was going to fare once Game of Thrones and Lord of the Rings started. Because let's face it, that is all consuming. The the nerds driving that bus are just ruthless, especially the Lord of the Rings guys. And we'll get to what's going on with those those cats in a second. But. I really, I really hope and pray Netflix has the mind enough to bring Sandman back for season two. I mean, it it really, really held up good, I think. I do. So send a note. Write a letter. Send something to somebody. I'm trying. Right now, this is where the uh, Sarah McLaughlin music would kick in, you know, for like the pets. No, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> But let everyone know about Sandman. Watch it. Continue to watch it. I've already watched it twice. It was it was good. There was some stuff I missed. So it did start out slow. I'm not going to lie. That first episode was a little rough. You know, I'm just kind of like. <sighs> but you know what? I, I, I figured out why it was slow to me. I have read the book too many times. I have read that trade like backwards and forwards. So it was just kind of like. Even when we were listening to the audiobook, when we were driving across the country, Susie and I, we we listened to uh, the James McAvoy. Um, he's vo- he's voicing Sandman, Morpheus, and oh my god, it was just beautiful. I think Cat Denning still sounds like like a better death though, just that perky little bubbly. Anyway, uh, check out Sandman if you haven't. It's it's worth the watch. So I talked about this already. Game of Thrones versus Lord of the Rings. Now. Where do you start? It's a very good question. So, Game of Thrones, House of Dragons. Everyone's been anxious and excited to see this. So far, I am bored out of my goddamn mind. I I don't I don't Did you ever watch Game of Thrones? I did. Do you Everyone did. Come on. Well, I mean, Brett Leader 1 just finally watched it. Like this it took him this this long to finally like start it and finish it. Did it start out slow? I don't remember. It did. Yeah, the first season kind of took a while to get going. Because it's just, I'm bored. We, all we've done is dealt with politics, and they even, like, make a comment of, I'm tired of politicking. And then, like, it, it's, it's just dull. We finally get a fight, like, a, like what should be a decent battle, with Matt Smith running in to to take on the crab feeder and like his army and it's very impressive and and matt just kind of runs in but we we get an off-screen death which i'm never a fan of i freaking hate that shit um but i'm hoping we revisit it or come back because he comes out just caked in blood and he's oh sorry spoilers and he's dragging he's dragging the crab feeder's torso but, I mean, that's it. Again, most of the, it's like a longer episode. It's over an hour. And most of it is just bullshit talking. I mean, the little princess has a little run-in with a boar. No, not, not a date. Pig. And it, it, it was okay, but I'm just, I'm bored. 
I like the characters. I, lo- I really want this to do well, and I like the dragons, but I want to see more dragons. And I love the fact that you have Matt Smith coming in on a dragon and just pulverizing this army. And the only way they can get them out from the caves from shelter is if somebody's crazy enough to go down there and take them on, and it does. If I understand it correctly, this is a, a turning point and establishment for Matt Smith's character. He is supposed to be the heir of the kingdom. We jumped from last episode two years forward, which I think is something we should have seen more in Game of Thrones to begin with. Just a couple of leaps forward in time to kind of speed stories along, and there are things that happen, I'm sure developments and everything else. Again, off-screen deaths suck. No one likes that. That's lazy writing and choreography. But the the fact that they still kind of leap forward and let the the viewer fill things in, I, I do appreciate. Uh, they're not spoon-feeding it to you, and you can kind of make your own deductions as far as what has gone on. And I'm surprised the king is still alive. He's got, like, parts falling off. I think he's got, like, leprosy, man. He's like, there's this scene last week where his finger's, like, falling off, so they put it in a, a bowl of maggots so that they can eat all of the dead flesh and, like, clean it off. It's it's kind of disgusting. And then he's got, like, this hole in the back. They're like, oh, we'll just cauterize that. And I'm just like, Jesus, this dude's falling apart. So I, I'm surprised the king is still alive and, you know, isn't, like, wearing bandages to keep his face on or, you know, it's just it's so creepy. Maybe he's got dragon scale. That's what I was hoping. The fisherman, the crab guy, crab feeder, he does look like he has that dragon disease where your skin starts turning and yeah well it doesn't matter he's dead now but (laughs) he's kaput the it's fine i'm sure it'll get better and if anything hbo does take care in it is how they craft their stories now we have lord of the rings on the other side over on amazon and there are lots of things going on and I know a lot of the nerds actually are kind of pissed off about how it's being handled. Now, there are two episodes out so far. There's three episodes of Game of Thrones. And right now, I'm actually leaning more towards Lord of the Rings. And this is why. Lord of the Rings is crafting an entirely different story where, yes, it is a little bit slow, but we're also getting a lot of decent character development and a lot of reveals to a world that all of us wanted to see more of. Lord of the Rings is... By far, I mean, Dungeons & Dragons is based off of it. Everything of a role-playing game has been, like, I think, developed off of Lord of the Rings. And I'm sure a lot of people out there would agree, and I know there's a bunch of nerds out there that would argue. But all of the the lore, the, the characters, the creatures, everything is being established. We're 300 years before Fellowship of the Ring, and there are some, some great background things going on and if you're paying attention you get kind of like the foundation of what establishes middle earth when we see it in the fellowship and there's the history that everyone kind of takes for granted when the fellowship happens like all of these things happen you hear legends you see these ruins you're like we're middle earth this is already like the dark ages how can there be ruins in the dark ages and i think we're going to see more of that as we develop i think we see the the beginning of the hobbits the left foots are i think the 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 foundation for the hobbits i think these is this is their ancestors that evolve elrod 
I'm loving. I think this guy is absolutely great. I love the young Elrod character. And you can see where he he kind of invokes the Elrod we know and is just a little bit younger and more I wouldn't say shy, but he's very cautious in how he presents himself. Now, my theory, and I'm sure everyone has already come to this theory as well, is the rings of power and the structure that they want to build that they're bringing the dwarves into is the creation of the rings. And I think that's where all of this story is going. Sauron is in there. I think we've got a wizard who fell from Earth. I'm just not sure which wizard it is. And that's awesome. I just love that the the risks that they're taking seems to work well for the story. And the, the mystery of what's tunneling underneath the villages. It is... I, I'm very more compelled towards Lord of the Rings at the moment than I am with Game of Thrones. And I know that's probably going to hurt a lot of feel-bads. And if you hate Lord of the Rings, don't care. Don't at me. I think this is a better written story. They're taking their time. And there are some things... Glinda, Glanda, whatever, the elven warrior chick. Okay, she is a little factory produced and mm, very cliched, but I kind of dig her character. So we'll we'll see how this all evolves. We're about to be introduced to another um, race with the boat pulling up and saving her from the river or from the ocean. So I'm excited to see where it goes. Vadim, are you a big Lord of the Rings fan? Did you ever read the books? No, I didn't. It's a lot. It's a, it's, it's a dry read. I'm not going to lie. There's some great stuff, but damn, it's like a Stephen King novel. It's that fucking big. It's too much. Uh, let's see. Let's get to some news. Let's talk about some other stuff. Uh, Hulu, speaking of other streaming services, Hulu has released uh, the new Hellraiser photo of its new pinhead. Now, they're reimagining or requels. Uh, whoever decided to start using that term needs to be kicked squarely in the dick. Um, is um, uh, the image is kind of terrifying. I mean, I don't know if I would have replaced Pinhead. The actor I think is still capable of portraying him. I always was a fan of it, but this is kind of creepy. The image will be up. Vadim will show you. And the thing about this, and the only reason I'm kind of picking on this story is in 1987 when Hellraiser first came out, um, it was absolutely terrifying. I mean, there is one film that I will admit that got to me. It was Hellraiser and Serpent Under the Rainbow, but for entirely two different reasons. Being shut up in a coffin and nailed in with, like, oh. Uh, no, Serpent Under the Rainbow is just terrifying. Anyway, Jacob's Ladder, not so much. Um, this, however... I am very curious to see what happens. So they tried to do a revisit to the story multiple times, and this is actually taking place 35 years later, and they're trying to reimagine it and bring forth a new kind of um, take on it, I guess. The actress Jamie Clayton, uh, who uh, was... Uh, in Hell Priest, evidently, and is very excited to take over the lead role. And from what I've seen, it looks really great. The premise of the story is a one a young woman struggles with addiction and comes into possession of an ancient puzzle box, unaware that its purpose is to summon the Cenobites, a group of sadistic supernatural beings from another dimension. So pretty much, well, 
the same thing as we've seen before, but the original Hellraiser was just bloody and gruesome and dark. It dealt with a lot, and I think I can see where they're going with this as far as the woman struggling with her addictions. That is basically what the Hellraiser was. It was about addictions. It was about going to the darker places in the human psyche, and what does that look like? What does hell look like for a different person and if you can unlock that gate what happens the first few hellraisers for me were great it went a little wonky for me after a while but uh, yeah we'll see what happens the uh hulu is set to stream this on october 7th so we won't have long to wait to see what it looks like but it looks like they're pulling a lot of different elements from the previous hellraiser and um we'll see how it emerges prey which is also on Hulu. We had a review for that post up last week. It's really good. I mean, it's not as good as the original Predator. Let's face it, few things are. Come on, Arnie, Jesse the Body, uh, it, it, Carl Weathers. Come on, you can't mess with that. That formula is just bulletproof. But this, for the story that it is, is actually really well done. And it kind of puts the Predators in a different light and a little... I think shows more of the, the, the predator ethos and, and the mythology behind them and just, just how cool that the character can be. And then, of course, the Native American or the indigenous population that is part of the, the story is great. You um, Just turn on the subtitles and let them speak in uh, the, the original audio. It is... It is impressive. It's very cool. Adds a nice little element to it. So if you haven't watched Prey, read the review, check it out. It's on Hulu, and there you go. Also in news, DC Fandom is canceled this year, says Warner Brothers. This comes as a bit of a surprise to me. Now, the virtual fan convention, which DC Fandom, um, was created back during 2020 during the blip. So it, it was basically put in place to give fans kind of a glimpse of what was coming on um they started doing this because they didn't they had all this different stuff going on if you remember here's some of the things that we saw from the previous or the previous fandoms uh batman robert patterson which we which was it was a great preview. It was a great trailer. Uh, Suicide Squad, of course, uh, killing the Justice League game. Uh, Jack uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League. All of these things. Not to mention all of the shows that were coming. Because we were still dealing with some of the Arrowverse, which now is kind of almost kaput, which I'll get to in a second. But now I'm very, I'm very leery um, with what's going on. Because this... this it scares me. And this is a quote that came directly from DC Fandom. With the return of in-person events, Warner Brothers Discovery is excited to be able to engage with our fans live at numerous Comic-Cons around the world and will not be scheduling DC Fandom for 2022. A statement from Warner Brothers. So, there are rumors that they will have a booth at New York. And if they do, I'm going to be there. The thing is, though, we haven't seen a booth for DC in two years. So with that going on and that said, I'm very skeptical, especially as DC has cut titles. We're losing characters. We have maybe a couple of main 
storylines going on, but there's a lot of other what-ifs and kind of Elseworld stories that are going on that aren't part of the canon and have just kind of detached from the normal foundation for DC. Good, bad, you'd be, you know, the decider on that. Some stories have been spectacular, but call me old-fashioned, but I like my DC universe tidy. I like stories and characters that interact and build off of one another. There's consequences to decisions and stories. We're not getting that right now. Some of the stories have been great. Some are not so great. Some I get added on to the back of a story that I want to read, like Punchline, which deserves to be flushed down the toilet. Yes, I said it. I hate Punchline. It's just a Harley ripoff. Deal with it. I digress. I think DC is trying to find its way. Moral of the story, a cell phone company should never run a comic book company. There you have it. Um, Batman Day has been announced, which is September 17th. And let's face it, every day at DC is probably Batman Day because that's the only titles that they have right now. <laughs> Are you a Batman fan, Vadim? Who's your favorite DC guy? Um, I'm going to get a lot of hate for this, but I'm not a big DC guy. Oh! I'm not like a huge Marvel guy either. I'm just not oh. a comic book. Do you hear that? Vadim hates comic books, everybody. <laughs> Uh, nope, totally understand. So for DC, for Batman Day, at participating comic book shops, fans can pick up free comic books on Batman Day. I would call your local comic book shop before you do this. Just, just a word of advice. And this is only on September 17th. Um, with two one-shot titles available, Batman Hush, number one, and Batman Day Special, from the seminal work and artist by Jim Lee and writer uh, Joseph Loeb. And it's great for, in my mind. And for younger fans, they are also doing um, Batman's Mystery Casebook, uh, which is a special edition preview, upcoming DC's Middle Grade, and uh, titled by writer uh, Sholly Fish and artist Christopher Umaga. I'm fine with this be fun. DC is also releasing a special edition of uh, 2002's Batman number 608, the first chapter of Joseph Loeb and Jim Lee's 12-part mystery spanning Gotham City and the Dark Knight's greatest foes to get fans excited about the upcoming Batman Hush 20th Anniversary Edition hardcover available in October. Holy balls, has it really been 20 years since Hush? So, Hush, you probably never read it. It's a story, Jim Lee's the artist, and it is so awesome. So basically, Riddler figures out Batman's secret identity, and it, it just completely just screws with him the entire entire time. We also get Hush, which is a character that has his face. It's a childhood friend of Bruce. He gets plastic surgery. He's the one running around in the bandages. It's it's, a, it's an impressive story. A lot goes on with it. And Jim Lee was. I, I, just perfect for this the story but it is one of my favorites it's probably right up there with um dark knight absolutely but if you're looking if you have not read hush how dare you first of all secondly go to your comic book shop and buy it i'm sure that there will be plenty of different uh, versions available trade paperbacks coming up for the anniversary and check out your local comic book store because i'm knowing they have probably plenty on the shelf what else? So, 
Um, do I want to talk about that? Uh, no, I don't care. Oh, kind of. I mean, this also goes with the DC thing. I'm worried about because Batgirl got shelved, which we talked about last week, and that's probably not coming. And the only thing else we've got coming is Aquaman, King of Atlantis, and uh, yeah, and Black Adam. Oh, this is bleak. So DC this week, if you missed it, on Wednesday had Stargirl come back. And I know I complain about teenage CW films, you know, where we have emotions in hallways and stairwells and random places where people have emotional breakdowns and have tender moments in public. Yeah, it doesn't work that way. Most of it should be in the kitchen crying over your Cheerios. If you eat Cheerios, mine are Apple Jacks. But Stargirl, which I really kind of dig. I really, Jeff Johns is um, the writer on this series, is also the creator of Stargirl. And the cast uh, is Luke Wilson is just spectacular. I really like him as Stripes. And then now we got Joel McHale, who looks to be kind of staying on for a while since Starman is back. They kind of loosely explain how he has come back from the dead after 10 years of being in the ground. (laughs) Kaput. So with him coming back, there is some contention as far as who, who gets to keep the staff which now affectionately is named Cosmo I think that's a ripoff of a dog just thinking so the the first episode aired no spoilers I'm I'm I still like this show I like the show a lot I like the first season where it was nothing about the villains the the second season which again was more about the villains now here's where I'm worried Because the CW shows, the Arrowverse, go pretty good for, like, the first three seasons. Then they get a little rocky. And I'm already starting to see the cracks on what could happen with this new season. And I'm really hoping that they don't fall into the same traps as previous Arrowverse shows. And, again, fingers crossed. They do have, it seems, a much better grasp on the writing style and the characters and everything that goes with this. So, with that said... I'm hoping for the best, but I'm full well expecting that the wheels that will come off, they're killing off characters, they're making villains heroes, and I'm just not a fan. If you make the villains heroes, then what? Everybody just gets around and have Tupperware parties and argue and have food fights? I mean, what do you – no, what are you doing? What, 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 what? I know Shade is like one of those characters that bounces back and forth. Eclipso was the big bad last year. And that was kind of fun. And it was a little horror-based, and it was exciting. I'm hoping, hoping that we'll see something a little more creative this season and we don't get the same repeat, rinse, dry, you know, all that nonsense. No, it's bad, bad. But Flash is where I think is our last standing original Arrowverse. Superman and Lois will return for another season, and they're talking some changes that may bring life back into the Arrowverse, but I haven't been able to confirm those rumors yet. Flash is it. I think this is the final season for The Flash, and that breaks my heart. This was probably the most well-constructed and thought-out series that the CW Arrowverse had put together, and to see it go away really hurts my heart really does because i like barry i like grant as barry i love all of these characters and to see them kind of you know right off into the sunset (laughs) 
You want to see me get sentimental? Here you go. That's it. It's as close as you're going to get. Vadim is laughing at me right now. <laughs> Lovingly. <laughs> Lovingly. So what happens now? I mean, we're going to just have Superman and Lois and Stargirl? Ugh. But I do like that they've kind of abandoned Superman's secret identity. Almost everybody knows who Superman is now. I mean, everybody, everyone, almost like the whole town has figured it out. So it's great. I think this is awesome. And we'll see what happens with the kids. Reign of Superman is, is in effect. I just wish they'd bring Supergirl. That's really, Melissa Benoist needs to come back as Supergirl. That's all I'm, that's all I'm asking. Just once. One appearance. You can bring what's-his-nugget back with the green ring and not give him the powers, but no Supergirl, who makes perfect sense. Diggle over Supergirl. Are you nuts? Oh, that was angry. That was angsty. I should have more coffee. Um, <laughs> let's see. What else we got going on? The uh, da, 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 da. So, She-Hulk. Have you watched it yet? Are you going to? I mean, it's it's all right. So I I don't know I don't know which way I want to go on this film or in this series. Because the character development is is good, but it's kind of disappointing and bad on the action side. And the CGI is still not good. It really isn't. I don't know if it's just because the, they they haven't rendered her properly for her green. But it's it seems kind of herky jerky, man. I'm just like, mm. so I don't I don't I don't know how I feel now. This last week with the latest episode since they air on Thursday was it was good. I mean, it wasn't bad, but they have the fourth wall being broken by her is not as seamless as you would like think with Deadpool. Deadpool actually did it really well. She Hulk, no. Oh, they really need to rethink that, like dangerously rethink it. However, we did get Wong, which I was a big fan of. Okay, I like I like Wong because they finally address, and this is the part that I like, that they actually took the time to address what we saw in Spider, no, Shang-Chi. So that whole fighting between Wong and the Abomination we we finally get the whole explanation as far as what was going on. And it played into the story really well. They orchestrated it, they lined it out, and it made absolute sense. So to see that happen, I'm, I'm like, okay, I'm good with that. But I, 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 my Marvel should have some action. I want to see She-Hulk get into a fight. We see the beginnings of the Wrecking Crew, which is cool because the... These gangsters basically roll in as guardian construction worker and take all of his enchanted weapons. So that was kind of cool, and we get kind of a, a, a peek at that. So I think that's going to be the new villains going forward, uh, which will be fun. That I'm, I'm, I don't think we'd ever get the Wrecking Crew any other way because it's too, it's too convoluted to explain. So how they did it, I'm a fan of. Again, the character building is good. And maybe it's just a slow burn as they build up. The writers came out immediately when they first started this project saying, we don't know how to write a courtroom drama. It's obvious. But I'm, I'm kind of okay with it. The, we're dealing with, you know, superheroes, you know, supervillains. 
how do you put them on trial? Especially when, you know, you can turn into the abomination. Tim Roth is just brilliant. He just looks so smarmy. He really does look like like he's fresh out of a Quentin Tarantino film. He really does. He, he's just kind of sitting there. And I honestly think, looking at the the image of him just like slouched in the chair, it really does look like Reservoir Dogs. He just looks pissed off and just eh, couldn't be bothered. He literally could bust out of there at any minute, and he doesn't. And then he's got his harem of followers. He's like got eight chicks over uh, off the side, and little guy. Oh, it's hilarious. So they are doing things right. She-Hulk is not a complete waste or loss yet. And with the Hulk leaving the planet, which hopefully leads to Planet Hulk, we'll 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 see what happens. However, right now I'm undecided in regards to She-Hulk. I don't I don't know. We'll see. But that's that's my thoughts on that. That's my thoughts. Uh what else? That's kind of um it for me. I was I had plans for Susie being here, which hurts my feel bads that she's not. Hmm. What do you got, Vadim? You seen anything lately that stands out for you? Um uh, I think like recently. No? I finally saw Nope. I just love because anytime I mean it's just so fitting for for the horror because you'd be like the first thing out of my mind going down in the basement dark dank nope you know and just slam that door go in the other way you can hide behind the wall of chainsaws or get in the running car nope <laughs> I really love what he Jordan Peele is doing for horror I really do I'm hoping this weekend for the horror fest is really good I'm excited to see. Um, pretty boy, because that is just on an all new level. It's kind of like you know the 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 guys in the house. You know, you're getting fo- the 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 phone calls. He's in the house, and it just just have someone hovering over you while you're sleeping, and you don't know they're there. Yeah, that's isn't that creepy? I mean, that's just like nope. <laughs> So we'll actually be premiering that film for the Festival of Horror. So I'm I'm really excited about it. So there you go. I think that's kind of it. It's a light week. The Memorial Day or Labor Day weekend kind of shortened it, and I haven't been able to finish catching up on everything that has gone on this this week for films. But uh, we did have, like I said, the Prey trailer went up or the Prey review went up, and that is pretty good there is a question that um spud asked that i was like you know what it's it's true because they're all like what's happening to the cinema the theaters there really haven't been any major film releases to the theaters i mean with the exception of the few marvel thor yikes um the rise of Gru, which i hear is good i haven't watched it yet the or uh, Vadim. You're Vadim. Tuan has already watched it, so everyone keeps saying how good it is. There, There is a character in there that is very near and dear to our heart that looks like a friend of ours. And oh my god, it's creepy, the similarities. My god, Tuan showed this to me? <laughs> it's the guy with the records and the music and the sound system. There's too many. He even has white hair and his 
spindly thin. The similarities with Dean. It's frightening. Like, how did he get, you know, likeness infringement payment on this? Because it is. It is him. I can't say the name because I don't want to. I don't want to get nailed. The mouse is the mouse is roofless lately, and or no, actually, it's not even the mouse. Universal. It's just creepy how much it is. It looks just like him. Vadim knows who we're talking about, and if you're close to the camp, you'll you'll know too. It's just so scary, and it is very funny. I have to say it now. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure Tuan's got it saved. We could probably go right to the spot, and he'll show you. Look. It's just like him. Uh, there you go. Uh, come see us. Come hang out. We will be back. I'll be back next week. Uh, the Dean will. But there will be more podcasts. There will be more interviews. There will be a lot more coming on. And booze, T-shirts, Kofo merch. Come by, say hi. Have a beer. Uh, I'll even buy you a beer. And on that bombshell, we shall say goodbye. In the meantime, run fast, laugh hard, and always be kind. Good night!